you know, and, and the very first run I did, I um, that was my first one. I, I grabbed the curler, strapped it to me, walked through the airport, mate, didn't even blink an eyelid. So the boys at the airport, you know what I mean? So I, I'd pay them a certain amount of the curler they grabbed off out of the toilets for me. Just throw it in the toilet and the boys worked at the catering company for and they jump on and grab it straight out of the bin. So what I did was I was important drugs for a certain amount of months. Boom, 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 just pump it, right? Okay. And then I'd get it, mate. And then, then I'd be pissing off overseas. A swell in Mexico, I'm in Mexico. Dear Heavenly Father, please bless me and the brother Wayne here and uh, all the viewers watching right now. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Alright, my brother. Well, what's your name and where are you from, my bro? Uh, Wayne Cleveland. I'm from Maroubra, Sydney, Australia. Wayne Cleveland from Maroubra. Brother, welcome to the Fallon Show, man. How's your day going? Brother, thanks for having me, Dave. I really, really appreciate that, mate. The day's going good, mate. As I said, like I said to you before, mate, it's always a good day. I'd rather be out here having a day than having a, 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 a perfect day in there. Okay, okay, mentally I'm like a 17-year-old kid, but I'm actually 51 next month. <laughs> bro, that is insane, man. I swear surfing keeps you young as well, doesn't it, bro? I see so many surfers still looking fit, bro. You know what I mean? Especially like you see those ones in Hawaii and all that. Bro, some of them are, you know, in their 50s and they're just looking like they're in their 20s and something in the water, right? I see but, uh, water, man. Hundred percent. I just, I just think it's, it, it's that that kind of lifestyle too. Man, that's awesome to hear, brother. And um, man, well, so yeah, the brother here, Wayne Cleveland. So um, he's from uh, Moorabra in uh, Sydney. So quite a well-known area. Quite a well-known area for surfing and that as well. I hear. Um, so the brother here is a surfer, professional surfer, eh, brother? So professional. Yeah, well, well, former. I, 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 I traveled the, the world chasing all the big stuff. I never really got into like the WQ. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. so, like, right. so I got uh, like I got paid like like I got free surfboards and wetsuits, and I was on like little incentive like if I got a uh, like a nice cover shot and things like that. So so that kind of paved the way for me to travel around the world surfing. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, also the brother was a good surfer here, made magazines, double spreads, you know what I mean? Um traveled the world surfing as well. Um and unfortunately, you know what I mean? Well, you know, everything's a part of the, the grand plan, I guess. But, you know, he did get caught up um, in the in the drug smuggling scene, I guess you could say, and ended up getting sentenced to 16 years, eh, brother? Yeah, so brother. brother here ended up getting sentenced to six, uh, 16 years. Um, he obviously done done his time now, you know what I mean? He's out and about doing his thing. Um, it was recently on Inside, eh, brother? So you were yeah, recently on love. Inside. You shared your story. You were actually on Mark's um, podcast a while back now as well, which is where I first saw your name. So you know Mark, uh, the Doko Mark. So big love to him, man, with all of his... Mom, uh, he's, he's the best. Love, he's Mark. He's the best, man, with his whole uh, road to redemption things that he's doing at the moment. Um, but I guess to start us off, brother, so, I mean, can you sort of describe <clears> what that area is like, bro, and what it's known for? Well, man, it's... Uh, um... Like we're in pretty much the, the epicenter of, of Sydney. Like so for us to get into the city, it's probably about 20 minutes. With traffic these days, mate, you could be, you could be doing 40, to four, up to 40 minutes. But our little area is, um, it's not like the other beaches. There's no real silver spoon sped, fed kids in our, in our area. It's, we've pretty much grown up, all most of us have grown up in the houses. Housing commission, yeah. So this is a perfect example. A friend of ours come from out west. This is quite a few years ago, right, and down the beach, and we're actually having a wake for a good friend of ours, Al Jared, who passed away. And, um, like, it just it, it, it erupted between the boys, like this knuckle, right, and it was just 
carnage. Like I'm fucking my mother was like there was like seven individual fights, like the younger crew versus the older crew. It was just a bloodbath. And now this is exactly <laughs> my mate standing beside me goes, This is like the Mount Druid on the beach. So it's just that culture where we got brought up, brought up in, you know what I mean? Like the other area is a little bit more richer than us. Mate, Maroon is a fucking hardcore area. Always has been. Just just in in, in criminal wise and also in surfing wise. Like, you know, you've got some of the biggest charges, like, coming out of Maroubra, like, massively, and then you've got some of the fucking, well, back in the day, like, some of their most heaviest gangsters, like, they, they grew up and born and bred in Maroubra, and that's what our our whole thing was. Like, we we, we grew up in that, you know what I mean? So, so it was kind of like, we, we you didn't really know any better. Mate, I, 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 that's what I say. I peaked too early in my career. That's what I say to the boys. I said, mate, I was just like a... A bull out of the gate. I had all these opportunities come to me, and I, I'm an opportunist, straight up opportunist myself. I'm like, yeah, right, oh, more this, yeah, yeah, I, I know him, and yeah, right, okay, this is fantastic. I can do that. Yeah, I know somebody over there. So I was just popping and planning. And well, while I'm traveling, when I'm, you know, taking pot from this country to that country, I'm grabbing a thousand eggies from in England, taking them over to France and shit like. I was just, I, 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 I didn't care. And when you look back at it. It was a little bit reckless, really. I'm lucky that I got I got pinched here. Imagine I got pinched in America, walking through with three kilo, kilos strapped to me. Yeah, well, Bali, far out. But, mate, perfect, mate, perfect example. Bali, like you know, straight up death penalty. Yeah, yeah, mate, for sure. Well, well, so, um, well, first of all, man, I mean, that's such an in- interesting picture, bro, of um, Maroubra. You know, what I mean, especially from here in New Zealand, because there are no sort of areas like surfy areas that are actually like <coughs> crime areas as well. You know what I mean? So it's such a, like the Bra Boys, bro, which is like sort of the famous movie that comes out of that area. I mean, I remember when I saw that, it was just so interesting to see all of that, bro. You know what I mean? Like the surf, the surfing culture being mixed with like crime and things like that. Obviously it's normal to you guys, but I guess why the movie done so well as well is because the outsiders seeing that is just so new i guess you can say man of that of those cultures being like mixed together like that yeah well you know what and this is true you know and this is how i describe some of our lives right and mine in particular like do you ever watch that movie point break yeah yeah okay yeah see how see how what they're doing is what they do is they go around and do all the bank robberies and they get the money and they they travel but seriously that's that's how i that's how I kind of live. And, and someone overseas <coughs> in America, that's what he said to me. He goes, one day he goes, your kind of lifestyle was like that. So what I did was I didn't import drugs for a certain amount of months. Boom, boom, boom. We just pump it, right? Okay. And then I'd get it. And then, then I'd be pissing off overseas. A swell in Mexico. I'm in Mexico. I'm in Europe. I'm, like I'm, 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 I'm in America. I'm just, I'm, I'm just everywhere. And that's how it kind of was when you look at it. Look, as I got older and started having kids, I started getting a little bit more wise and started thinking, you know, if something goes down, mate, I'm, I'm in a spot of bother here. I know that, you know. But when I was a kid, but I was rolling hard, proper hard, you know. What I mean? And I was just, you know, it was, it, it, it was, it was in me. Well, so, so going back a little bit, brother. So. Well, so, so um, you know, obviously, you know, I mean, you're growing up, you, you're growing up around the boys, man, and all of that. So what, what sort of, well, how did it progress through your teenage years and all of that, bro? Was it sort of, was surf, surfing your main focus and sort of doing things on the side and well, when you were younger or? 
Yeah, surfing, was, uh, surfing has always been my main focus, 100%. Don't get me wrong, but back in the day, man, I, I, I worked, like, okay, so when I grew up, and um, I, I, after school, I'd go for a surf, and then I'd work in a surf shop down the beach. From there, I would go and do um, a paper run when I got home, you know, when they had the wheelbarrow, the whistle, paper, on the whistle, walking around in the neighborhood, yeah. So I used to do that. Then in the morning, before I went to school, I worked at a pie shop. So I'd get the bus down. So I'd work in the pie shop. So it was not like I never had that work ethic in me. Yeah. yeah so I, I, and I did this for, mate, man, I did this for years, like proper years. And I, I'd saved. And my first trip was to Bali. I paid for that myself when I was 16. Because my uh, my parents at the time said, you know, we can't afford it, mate. Look, you know, we're battling to, you know, we're putting food and that on the table like this. You know, I go, man, we can't afford this thing. I'm working. So this is all these jobs I did. I was just doing, like, all those things. So I saved my money myself and went to Bali at 16. And then I just kind of <clears throat> rolled from there. And then, like, then it was Bali again. And, like, obviously, as I travelled, and I started meeting people and I got older and then, you know, I had all these sponsors and I was flying around the world, mate. There were so many opportunities coming to me. So I started to kind of, at first I didn't really, I went, oh, yeah, yeah, mate, sounds good, sounds good. I just never really, because I was still, everything was a, revolved around surfing. Man, I'm smoking joints, punching canes, I'm drinking, I'm chasing sheilas. Like it's, that was everything, that's what I was, my world was revolved around. You know, top of the line was obviously surfing, and then everyone else kind of fell in, fell into play. But it's it's always been my focus. And then then <clears throat> obviously came, you know, the the important. Like I said, I had opportunities, and the, so the importing of the drugs and stuff. And well, how did that sort of start off for you, man? Like, so you were carrying yeah. the drugs on you, were you? So you were yeah carrying yeah. the money. Like what? Like what was your first run? You know, and and the very first run I did, I um. It was through a guy's dad on you, and he's this big uh, um, a Mexican over there. So and I got introduced to him. Because these other things popped up and stuff like that, and then I so I went over him. I just grabbed the curler. That was my first one. I, got, I grabbed the curler, strapped it to me, walked through the airport, mate. Didn't even blink an eyelid, mate. I swear to God, Dave, I didn't. I'm not even boot of sweat come off me. It was just, oh yeah. And then as soon as I got back, mate, it went like that, mate. It went in two days. I was just went boom. I was gone. I went. Two weeks later, I'm back there grabbing two kilos. And then, and then, well, mate, okay, so back in the day, you could grab a kilo for 16,000 US. Oh, between 12, I say from 12 to 16, because a couple of times I got them from 12 US to about 16. But back day, the kilos here were only 120. You know, but like an ounce was about five grand, like top, that was top dollar. Usually you're paying about 35, like 4,200, but five grand if you wanted the top shelf gig, you know what I mean? So you so you make it, and as the years went on, obviously the inflation, everything went up. Like, you know, back in the day when I was selling my, uh, the kilos, it was, it was, they were 200, and I was still getting them at 16. But then they started slowly going up between 16 and 18, and at the end I was paying about 20 grand, between 18 thousand US and, and, and 20 grand um, uh, US. You sell it for 200, brother. Like, you know what I mean? You've got three at a time. Then you've got your boys at the airport because they're all, all being pinned. So like, it's not like, you just Google my name and you can see everything come up. So it's not, I'm not saying <coughs> anything to, to, you know what I mean, to think anybody. So, mate, you know, so, so the boys at the airport, you know what I mean? So I'd, I'd pay them a certain amount every kilo they grabbed off out of the toilets for me. And then I was just, you know, I, I did this for eight years by myself. 
no, you're just a... doing it doing it by yourself. Well, so I've read a little bit um on the articles and things like that. So yeah, so at some point you were you were leaving them in the toilet as well on the airplane, was it? Yeah. So what I do is I get on the airplane, strapped up, and about twenty minutes before I'd land, I fucking cut off because you take little you you could take scissors and that back on the on the plane back then in like your little man man bag where you got your deodorant and shit. And I just cut it off and <clears throat> around my legs and then just throw it in the toilet. And the boys worked at the catering company. Boom, they jump on and grab it straight out of the bin. Bang, before the cleaners come in, they got them. You know so, what the I mean? so a catering company was involved as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the catering company, so the boys, boom, would jump on and, and, and grab it straight out. You know what I mean? So, and then so obviously I paid them a certain amount. And then uh, um, obviously by the time I got back, so this is this is how it rolled. So I, they, they, clean the plane and they would roll out. So by the time I come in through customs, grab my sh have, have someone pick me up or jump in the taxi and get home, the bag was already at the front doorstep. It was like clockwork at that point. Oh yeah. Yeah. Also, can I ask, bro, because like, you were talking about how you love the rush of, of what you were doing, obviously, you know, being a surfer as well, you know, chasing the waves and all of that. So that's definitely a big part of your life. But, like, because at that point, couldn't you have just been getting someone else to do what you were doing, bro, like, and just get some other person to do it? Or Well, it's funny you, you say that because at the end, like, after all, I kept this – well, I kept it hush-hush for years, man. Like, like I'm talking – Proper hush hush. So people just thought I was selling a bit of pot and, <clears throat> and doing it. No one really knew what I was doing. There's only a, a couple of people. I swear, like the guys at the airport, and I had like two mates. That was it here, and, I, oh. and that, that lasted for a few years. Yeah, I'm always doing that. Oh yeah, mate. I was because you can't really start. Yeah, you know, people start telling but, other people so over. Brother, you can burn us, mate. The people that burn so hard, right? And that jealousy, yeah. but, uh, but the next thing is that they're, to me, they're police informers because they're so wrapped up in, in you and your life and they're so jealous. Mate, it's, it's nothing to bring up the phone. Go, yeah, this on the other. Oh, it goes down now. Look at this. They've got crime stoppers and people ringing up on yeah, each exactly. other. Mm -hmm. you, 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 you know what I mean? And the police you go, oh, well, we've, we've done a great job. We've cracked this ring. I said, oh, you pushes the shit. Mate, someone's rung up and giving you the mail. I said, you, you, you know what I mean? And <clears throat> so I kept them in harsh hearts for quite a few years. And then, mate, it takes a certain person, mate, to, to do it. They, like, and then there was a couple of people who goes, oh, man, like, they kind of got out there a little bit, you know what I mean? Someone out wide was on it and, and leaked, and then they kind of approached me and go, well, no, mate, is there any chance I could, you know what I mean? And I just went, oh, look, brother, yeah, rah, rah, rah. And, 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 and no one really jumped on board, mate. Like, like, like no one no one kind of went well, I'm, I'm with it let's go like, like no one seriously and then after like eight years i had this other mate of mine really good friend and he just mate, he took the ball uh, in all honesty went after that a couple of people jumped on board because i started having kids in that so I, I couldn't do it as much i couldn't travel maybe you know there's babies and then you know, schools and, shit, and I, I, no, I, I couldn't just go for two three weeks at a time you know? so there was a couple of boys they jumped on board, yeah. There was a couple of boys and they just took the ball up hard. And then I just had everything, <clears throat> I had everything organised. Because over there, you can actually ring public phones. So I could go to a public phone here and have, have the numbers. So what we would do is, is I'd have a list of numbers and I'd text my mate on a burner in America and go, number one. Right, so he'd get a number one phone, right? And then I'd go to a public phone ring. I'd go, all right, go number three, number three. So I'd, I'd quickly drive to another phone box, bomb, and just ring up and go, all right, brother, 
I would still always talk talking code, always talking code. So I go, what are the waves doing, mate? What are the waves doing? And I, I said, and I'd go, and he goes, oh, mate, they're good. They're really good. And I said, okay. I said, uh, uh, like I said, it's, it's all open there. Like I said, you can read about all this stuff. So <clears throat> I'm like, mate, it's 8 to 10, 40. I said, it's fine. So when I would say 8 to 10, that means I needed 8 to 10 kilos. You know what I mean? And then, and then I start mentioning like shapers. Obviously, you've got better shapers than the others of surfboards, like surfboard shapers. So when I'd say, oh, mate, I want, I'd always say I want the top. Of it. You know what I mean? I'd go, mate, I want that shaper, mate. He shapes the best boards. We're gone. We're on. You know what I mean? So, and then, so I'd come back, right, and talk to the boys and go, okay, brother, this is, you know, Rom, just flying here. You, you know, you, my, my mate, you're going to know him over there anyway. So he, he'll look after. So the boys would come in and go, okay, we need this. And about two days before we fly out, we'd organise it with the boys, and then like so they'd go and they'd, they'd drop the money off, and we would pick up the product at the same time, and then we'd just go back to the hotel, and we would just kick. So that day, when we're leaving, we would prepare everything and strap it up to the boys and stuff like that, you know. And at the end, like I, it was like clockwork. So I and the same crew kept on doing it for me, you know. They were, they were paid handsomely too. Yeah. Yep. Far out, so yeah, definitely like clockwork around far out. Well, so then, yes, well, so then when did it start turning south for your brother? So, well, it started turning sour when <clears throat> he stepped out. My mate was Adam. I'm using this other bike. I said, brother, I've been with this same crew for so many years, but I said, no, no, no. And so, what happened? Like, this is this one. There was a little friction in the group. So, my mate over there thought he was doing more. Then another mate that was here, right? Everyone was getting paid very well. They were getting paid the same, but I feel like I'm doing more. Well, they had a little fallout, right? So, and then, so my mate, he goes, oh, I've got another mate, let's do him. I'm going, mate, no, listen, this, it's worked, it's worked, it's worked. So we, we veered off over, and he, so he wanted to use him. I'm going, no, no, no. Well, I went, all right, fuck it. You, you, you're steering that shit. I said, okay, you're going over, you're doing all that. I just sit here. I'll main, uh, maintenance the boys at the airport, everything. So I'm over soon. That's why I got so much because they could see me as principal as I'm organising the shit over there. I'm sending the money. I've got the people here. <coughs> I'm getting rid of the product here. So he insisted on using this bike. So we end up using him and using him and he was good, but he got too loose and started ringing up and text messaging, speaking on the phone. I'm going, brother, this fucking guy's loose in there. I'm going, this shit ain't right, brother. And I, I call it a left, a professional left hand drop. Left hand drop, brother. That's what they call it. Yeah, brother. The left hand drop, but the guy knows. So I get a burn. I text right. I text my mate who's just flown over, and I'm on the burner because I don't trust this guy. I said, brother. I said this is talking on the phone. I said this is fucking. It's not on. It's not on. Rah rah rah. Brother, the guy starts texting. At the end, I I got I deleted my number. I threw the my my phone away that I had for years. I had to because the guy's going, you're the man, you're the kingpin, man. Oh, yeah, brother, no. after oh, I just text my mate going, fuck, this guy, there's something not right, brother. I didn't realise this guy had already been pinched and his missus had been pinched there. They're rolling on each other, right, and then all of a sudden, it just, mate, and then that, that tail led to me, and then and then all of a sudden, <clears throat> mate, they pinched like, they pinched like 11 kilos coming through, right, they pinched like 11 kilos, and I'm going, What's wrong? And then I'm asking the boys at the airport, I say, is everything all right? Brother? They're going, mate, it's, it's quiet as. Like, it's, it's dead sick. Oh, I'm going, you sure? I said, was it just a lucky one? They go, mate, we think it was. So about six to eight weeks later, I go, 
But I said, I sent someone else. I said, just grab two. Let's fill this out. So, boom, they go over and grab two, come back. We get it. I go, okay. Lucky fine. Lucky fine. And then I go, okay, boys. And then I send another two blokes over, and they grab about seven kilos. They do, right? <clears throat> they go about seven. 6.9, I think, something like that. Right? So, so those two boys go over and they, and they come back, boom, they find it again, right? And all the years I've been doing this, right? I did it for 16 years. I went, mate, I, we never, never had this before, ever. Never, never, nothing's ever been found. We've, we've always won. I'm going, mate, we're fucking off. I said, I'm telling you, <clears throat> I don't care, we're off, mate. I said, so they got the 11, mate, we snuck two in and then they've got another seven. I said, mate, I said, we're, we're off. And then the boys started noticing a little few, a few things. And then I started noticing things around my neighbourhood where I was living, like people walking past, pushing friends, walking dogs. This lasted like, like quite a while, so, so I knew I was off, right? And then just arrogance played a, a part again. And my curry that was in trouble with me had worked at the airport. goes, man, no, it's quiet. I reckon we're good to go. I'm going over. I'm keen. This is after two and a half years. So mind you, the first load they get is in March, beginning of March, March 13th, 2007. I don't, <clears throat> I don't get pinched. Until September twentieth, uh, two thousand and nine. So yeah, so the first load they found was in two thousand and seven March, and then I don't. So you're looking at two and a half year span where I kind of, I just like I like I I, brought, I got those two in, and then then they got the other seven, and I just laid low, like super quiet and super low, and then the um, the greed and arrogance got to me again, and I, 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 I said to my mate, I said. Let's go. So we went over there. And we went for one more import instead of and then we'll we'll just shut shop. We'll give a good year or two off. Well, let's just make this last little loan, and look what happened, mate. They come and running in like bullets. <laughs> My whole house like that because I I was on a slope, so so I had all it was all window, and I just seen them. So I said I was making the kids juices, but I look, I just seen them swarming, brother. I just went in me guy, in me head. I just went and my poor little kids, mate, like. The fucking the look on their face, mate, they were so daunted and, and they could have kicked the door in because I've had like gun charges back in the day and stuff like that. So they can come in on that alone, just boot the door in and that. And they said, we knew you had kids, so we come. And I said, look, oh, I appreciate that, you know what I mean? And and uh, the poor little kids, were just, my kids were just going, what the fucking, mate, you know, like I'm there one minute and then I'm just fucking dragged away and the next minute gone for 10. And gone for 10, brother, far out, man. So how old were you by this point, man? I was 38. 38. So you'd had a pretty good run, man, before oh, that, before not, you know, before that, anything. That's like that. why. That, yeah, I, I did have a good run. I had a, had an unbelievable run. I lived. Unbelievable so, run, yeah. I, yeah. Well, you know, <clears throat> some guys are lucky to last a year doing whatever they do. Yeah, that's years. right. Yeah, at the end of the day, man, it doesn't matter how good your record, how good you think your record is. All it takes is one man who ain't got the minerals to hold up in the jack shop, mate, and it's all over. Just that but, one guy. It, I love that the minerals. It's so true, though. It is, <laughs> mate, it's, brother. It, it, it is, and you, and then you get these people who are like, mate, you, you think they're solid, yeah, this, and then when it comes to the crunch, mate, they just, mate, they just crumble, and you, and you kind of just go, wow. Like, where if I got in, I'd never seen that in that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, but you know what? It blows my mind. People know they're putrid, right? They're filthy dogs, grubs, 
Like they get out of jail. Guys still want to hang with them. Yeah, I'm yeah. That's why that life, bro, it's just, mate, it's not about anything at the end of the day, mate, because of stuff like that, bro. As long as they're in and coin, mate, it's get a pass and everything, you know? But my people forget that. And then you go, like, oh, this guy, yeah, mate, he's never done a thing wrong by me. Yeah. I said, brother, he just put all mate in for 20. I said, he's, yeah. I said, mate, I said, you're going to be talented with the same brush, brother. He's a future. You're going to be a future. Straight up. Yeah. Like, he's, but that, like, like you just said there, it counts for nothing, doesn't it, these days? Like, like you said, because he might be making a little bit of coin and he's he's bringing all mate along, so all mates make a little bit of coin. You it's know what I mean? best to stay away from that world, isn't it, brother? Just stay oh, away mate. from it, mate. <laughs> and, and then so many people are doing it, though. Like, so you know, many, bro. I go, but I don't want to know nothing. Yeah. I don't, but that, 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 that's just how it is. But, yeah. mate, they said the people reading paper and going, nah, we sweet oh mate it's not like that and i just get mate that's exactly how it is it's in black and white the guys are putrid mate you're hit with the same brush and don't come near me i just sit there going man like you know and a couple of heads i knew back in 1994 like a couple of boys that there's about three they are they're on they're on murder blues <clears throat> and now we so they got big whack and when i come back in 2009 and now they're like they're still doing their Sentences, you know what I mean? I'm hey, they can't wait. Well, no, good to see you, brother. He goes, mate, it's a different world now. I said, brother, like I said, there's jails full of boneyarders. And then there's other people pulling guys out of the boneyard because they're getting a bit of beauty or something like that. Oh, uh, yeah, the return soldiers, mate, full of them, bro. <laughs> what about that? Hey, it's <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's yeah, not right, man. Gold, man. <laughs> that orange gold. <laughs> mate, what, what, what about that? When they're getting guys to stand on top of their let's go the water, and and the, and the brothers have got them standing on their head and they're spewing up and they're getting them. Yeah, I'm just yeah, mate, this is there. What about when you're using the phone? Why is that Parkley just using the phone? I swear to God, mate, can do, mate. The boys were just on the bourgeois, boom, and then <clears throat> the, now you got to, I hey, save me a line, save me a line, and then the guy at the end's gone. I'm blowing up. I, I want to. I'm washing it out until he gets a bit of water. and I'm just go. Ten guys have just used the bourgeois. It's but oh, you know what? I swear to God, I, I think I'm a kind of worldly travel person, which I am. And I think I've seen a lot. Mm. In Mexico, all those countries, mate. I've been to Zimbabwe, Zambia, Botswana, all those African. I've been all through Mexico. And all that. Wow. Mate, when I went in there, I was like, whoa, this is fucking <laughs> an eye opener. <laughs> oh, man, hard case, bro, hard case. Oh, well, brother, so go on into that, man. So then how was your, you know, so um, obviously, you know, being sentenced and then moving on to your um, to your whack, brother. So how, how was all that for you, man? I had come back early on the early the trap. Why didn't I just go, 10, 16 with a 10, rah, rah, And they go, you all right, brother? I said, yeah, I'm all right. And then um, a couple of, one of the boys uh, <clears throat> got me a fee. So I come in and um, uh, the chief opened the door up and I, I grabbed my, my, my meal off him and, Went back and, and the boys were screaming out the window at the back there at the bay. You're all right. And I said, boys, I'll tell you what, I'm the right side. I said, I'm a bit fucking numb. And you're all right, mate. And a couple of the other boys, and you'll be right, you'll be right. And the next day we got up and we're just kind of sitting around. I was a heavy smoker back then. I'm just on the white ox, just killing myself. Just for one day, you know what? The next day I woke up and went, fucking, this is it, brother. This was exactly what I said to him. I said, this is it. <clears throat> There's no point going on like a pork chop. It's tens me ten. I'm, I don't really, there was no, they left no room for um, appeal. But I, man, I just treated it like a training camp. I did from then on. I was always training anyway when I first got in there. 
and I just I just nothing down. So I'm reading books, and I just started um just 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 trying. Had a good crew of, of boys there, you know, and I mean a couple of a couple of Kiwi boys. I was like, hey, Kiwi boys, you know, and we always like, teamed up. And we all just trained together. A couple of the Fijians and stuff, and uh, yeah, mate. So I just knuckled down and just. It had to be done. There's nothing you can do. Well, so you ended up pushing through your time, brother. So um, so how was it for you, man, after getting out after that brick, brother? How was um, life on the outside and how has that progressed to where you're at now? <clears throat> well, I'm lucky. i got a good support network. You, you know, I've I got a really, really good uh, a net, network of people around me, which was just so loving and caring and just, you know, like it's just just couldn't do enough for me. You know, like my mate gave me a unit to live in straight off the bat, like you know, for twelve months. Yeah, mate, straight away. But my, my dad gave me uh, an, an old car, <clears throat> mate. I, I, I had work, so what I did was, and I spoke to another bloke who did ten years also. And he goes, "Why not?" He goes, what, "What I did was, he goes, mate, I come out. He goes, I had two weeks off, right? He goes, I went straight back to work. So straight everything wasn't so overwhelmed." Yeah. So as I came out, like I had all these wonderful people around me and, and people, you know, helping me and stuff like that. And you know what I did, most mate? I went straight back to work, brother. Yeah. But I, I waited 10 days and then it was a bit overwhelming. It wasn't a bit overwhelming, but what I tried to do is, right, so for a perfect example, one day, right, I get up, I'll run the beach, right, okay, do four laps of the beach and do 200 burpees, right, and that surf was good. Boom. So I, I go surfing. I go and have, I come up from the surf, have banana and yogurt. My mate Cam and the boys come over. They just bring out two pairs. So we're, then we're doing like <clears throat> eight rounds each on the pad. So I'd go surfing. This is all in one day, brother. So what I did was I was just overloading myself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and then so when I went to go back to work, I, I got sick. So I was sick for about four days. And then um, I just calmed down and, I mean, you know, you're having lunches and dinners with people who want to catch up, and which is good, you know what I mean? And, and, and it went on for a little bit, but after two weeks, I went straight back to work, mm. exactly what I was doing on my work release, mm. you know. And then I saw so from there and then I got another job <clears throat> and then I got another job from that. Now I work with another Kiwi bro. Now we got a we got our little uh, – uh, my Kiwi bro, Nick, he – um. Uh, he, he's got a scaffolding business. And so what I do is the boys that are coming out now, so they're not so overwhelmed and stressed, I, I put them on, on the job site with Nick. It can be a little bit overwhelming. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Man. And working so important. I, I believe that too, man. I think I was out for, after getting deported, I was out for about two weeks and then just straight onto the truck, bro, and just working those uh, six, seven days a week, man, just to, just because there was so much, bro, you know what I mean? And that was just my one thing I could hold on to, just working, working, working. You know, it's definitely, you know, it's, it's definitely a good thing what you're doing, bro, you know, getting, oh, getting boys my- work because it is overwhelming, bro. <clears throat> It is like I've always considered myself a quite an adaptable person, you know what I mean. And um, then there's like one or two stages when I go up the bloody east guards or something, and there's just people everywhere. And that. and then I was waiting for somebody, and they didn't kind of turn up. They looked about five minutes late. I started getting a bit hot and flustered and going, "Okay, okay I got to do this by myself." You know, this is this is like my first real, like I'm still in jail, but after I had to go get some clothes, and they allowed me to get go get some clothes and stuff for work. And it was an, another one of the boys that, that was working with me, but he was on an, a, on another side, and he was meant to, but he was just a little bit late. So I got, it was like one or two occasions where I got a little bit overwhelmed, and but then I I, I, I kind of calmed down a little bit. But um, I just think 
if you get a, into a good structure straight away, I, I think that's good. Yeah, yeah, no, me too, man, most definitely. Brother Wayne, man, we're sort of coming to the end here, brother, but man, love your energy, brother. Can't wait. Um, hopefully we'll be able to catch up at some point, man, in the future, maybe on an island or something, man. That'll be a beautiful thing. But bro, I love your energy, man. And um, bro, incredible story, brother. You know what I mean? It's good to see you out now, man, and kicking goals, man, and um doing well on parole, man. You know what I mean? That's a beautiful thing as well, brother. Um, bro, any more closing remarks, man, before we wrap this up, brother? Ah. <coughs> I just say thanks, thanks for having me, Dave. I really, really appreciate that, mate, and reaching out and stuff like that. Like, if you can help one or two people, mate, unreal. You know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, really, it's like, like you said, it's all for nothing, isn't it? You know what I mean? You got people writing statements on people going in, getting half sent, coming out and running around shaking everybody's hands, and, and it's not what it, 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 it used to be. But at the same time, is like, you have to want to change. You know, you know, like if you don't want it, there's nothing that anybody can do. It's like asking somebody to go to rehab. You need to go, you need to go, you need to go. And it's like you're forcing them. People have to do things on their on their own. You know, I don't think it's not a sustainable life. Life of crime, it's not. It's not, mate. Building a builder, plumber, electrician, mate, oh, mate, you know, they're long-lasting, mate. You know, like I said, you can still get there. You can still achieve your goals by doing those things, mate. So at the end of the day, kids, go to fucking work. It's not that hard. No, that's right, man. I mean, um, yeah, like you say, man, you know, you have to want to change. But, you know, unfortunately, man, a lot of these kids are signing up for, they don't even know what they're signing up for. You know what I mean? They don't even know what their world is really like. How we know, you know what I mean, about, you know, people, paperwork, in and out, mate, you know what I mean? No one does anything, all of that stuff. They don't see that part of it, you know what I mean? They don't realise that really, bro, at the end of the day, man, it ain't about nothing. Um, and most of the time, bro, I mean, bro, when you look at the greater criminal world, man, there's only a few that actually kill it, you know what I mean, man? Most most are struggling, bro, you know what yeah, I mean? Most, yeah. most, most crims are struggling just to get what people that work get easily. Crazy, man, you know, and you can just... Get a job, mate, go to work and just, um, yeah, drill that. You can do it. It was simple. You you can do it, man. As I said, it's achievable. Yeah, most definitely, brother. Well, anyway, man, thanks again, man, for jumping on for a yarn with me, brother. I'm wishing you all the best, man, and we'll talk soon anyway, my bro. Thanks, Dave. You're an absolute champion. Thank you. Thank you, mate.